You're listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio, inspiring ideas, inspiring families. Hello, and welcome to Family Rules, the podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Walker. I'm so grateful for this space and for you as you jump into our conversations each and every week as we expand the themes and the topics that I know are on my heart, are on your heart. And this project, I should acknowledge, is really a project of growth. It started with a TV show on our companion network, BYU TV, and we found we had a lot more to say, a lot more to talk about that we couldn't fit into the time constraints of TV and this podcast was born, and I'm grateful for it, grateful for the opportunity to learn and grow together. And today, that is the word of the minute, grow, growth. How are you growing and progressing in your role as woman, wife, and mother? Fellas, not to leave you out, but we will take a sharp focus today on the role of motherhood. You know, it's interesting. We often joke that parenting doesn't come with a manual. And in truth, here's the brain bender for today. Motherhood is not an arrival point. It's, it's a destination, and that sounds like a cheesy line that should go smack on the front of a Hallmark card. I get it. But this idea that motherhood is an opportunity for growth is one that can be easily lost in the hustle and bustle of our everyday life. Today, we lean on a friend, a wise friend, who has found through experience that growth should be, it needs to be part of the motherhood process. Connie Sokol is a national speaker, best-selling author, media personality, and here comes the street cred in all of that. She's a mother of seven, if you can believe it. She's also a best-selling author who didn't just give birth to seven beautiful humans, but along the way wrote 17 books. She's the founder of the Balance Redefined program, which teaches people to live a purposeful, organized, and joyful life, and also define their personal passions along the way. I have to tell you on a personal note, Connie is a dear friend. She's a woman that I've looked up to and admired for many years, and I always find her words to be a breath of fresh air. She is refreshing. She is real. In fact, you'll hear her brag during this conversation of being a proud B-plusser, and I think you'll take inspiration from her perspective as she shares all of the many ways we can use motherhood as a path for growth. Here's my conversation with Connie Sokol. Connie Sokol, thank you for jumping into this girlfriend chat. It feels so indulgent and selfish, honestly, (laughs) that I get to carve out time just to talk to you for the next little bit. I should have brought cookies here so we can BYOC. (laughs) Seriously, that's how it feels every time I sit down and talk with you. Connie is the best of the best. And I'm not just saying this because I've got her on the audio line, but you have a way of taking a topic, giving it a practical spin, but also at the same time, wrapping it around our hearts in the most personal way. When did you realize, Connie, that this woman to woman connection was not just vital for you, but a gift of yours? Oh, thank you. That's so gracious. You know, I think it was all the way back in like elementary school. I literally remember talking to people at lunch and helping them through their problems. <laughs> no way. Not that I had anything to say. And I keep thinking <laughs> back and going, oh, please, please make sure it didn't ruin their lives. That is the best. But junior high, high school, college. It really was a joy for me to connect with people, but I would not have said that. I would have said I was more an introvert. I really like to have my own time, but one thing's kind of led to another. And I really do joy in connecting with women, hearing their stories and go deep, you know, connecting on our life experiences together because women are amazing. They are incredible all over the world. 
That's the same thing. That's the driver and connecting thread. They're amazing. This is this is something that I've observed about you that I, I will just say is, is extremely unique. And that is you've been doing this for a while. You've been at this for a minute. Even when you yourself were, quote, in the trenches of motherhood, you were somehow able to elevate yourself to a point where you could help while you were doing it. And I don't think everyone can do that. I think sometimes when we're in the middle of it ourselves, we'd like mm. to think we have answers or solutions and we'd like to, you know, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and figure it out. But I think it takes a rare perspective, I guess I'll say, or spirit or lens to be able to find the solution, even when you're kind of in the thick of it. Oh, that is so gracious. You know, I I feel like everyone has their things. Like you're amazing. You can go on TV. You can connect right through that lens with people all over. And that is such a beautiful gift. I feel like one thing I'm able to do is read a lot, learn a lot. And then I dial it down to life hacks and like the essential nuggets. Mm -hmm. Let's just do this. Like let's get in and make it happen. I don't have time to read a 400 page book on this. Let's just do this. Right. So that is my joy is that when I learn how to do something more organized or more joyfully, or really know how to figure out my purpose, the first thing I want to do is share it with women. But I've learned over the years that first I need to test it on my unsuspecting family and then (laughs) give it to the women once I know that it's solid. Yeah. Flop or fail. No one will know. Because you've taken it through the test pool and we know it's successful. I love this topic at the heart of our chat today, which is growing into motherhood. I think in large Mm. part because motherhood often feels like an arrival point, like you're a mother. You're a mother. You're there. You've done it. And now enjoy it. But you're addressing motherhood or you like to look at motherhood through this process, through this evolution. Oh, absolutely. I remember being in college with my friend who invited me to their house and we were staying the weekend there and it was her sister and she had had like three kids already. And we were looking at her like, whoa, she's like a mom. (laughs) And I was watching this woman and she was calm and they were all at her and she was just deal a meal. And then she'd quietly be able to respond to everybody. And she even knew to give the two-year-old a a toothbrush to chew on, to prepare him for chew, you know, brushing his teeth. (laughs) And I just remember in wonder, staring at this woman in college and going, how am I ever going to be like that? And now I have my adult daughters, 21 and 18. And they're like, how am I? And I'm like, you get it one step at a time, one child at a time, sometimes two, but you get, you know, one step at a time. So don't go there. Don't magnify until you're there. There are a few things that you believe can help us along the journey. In other words, help us progress and grow no matter where we're at in our motherhood or womanhood path. The first is this idea of overcoming a comparison syndrome. And this is something that isn't going away. In fact, it only seems to be ramping up in some sense and in some circles. How do we get over this idea that I'm going to look left, I'm going to look right, and I'm going to be try to be like her? Oh, yeah. I think it, this whole thing of give yourself grace start with that first. You're doing this the first time. And even me having seven kids doing it my seventh time, I kept thinking, I should know this. Like what? Oh, Why don't listen, I know what to do here? Here I sit ready to, to welcome baby number four in the world. And we've done this in a rather compressed time frame. I have to say, I'm embarrassed by my own Google search. Like I should know <laughs> the answers to these questions that I'm throwing out to Google. Pregnancy number four. It's amazing, isn't it? Yes. And you will still do embarrassing things. You will still do, but they're just different. Like now I have kind of Alzheimer's. And so my kids will be like, mom, remember I told you about my schedule change. I'm like, oh yeah, Uh we had that conversation. I don't remember. (laughs) I've had seven kids. Give me some grace. But I think the grace part is so important. I remember going to Sorry, my first American mother's meeting. If you want to feel good about yourself, don't go to that 
No, I'm just kidding. They, they are amazing. I actually was, I mean, I'm saying this, but I was given an award later as a mother entrepreneur or whatever. Anyway, so I'm just letting you know, I love this organization, but I went, didn't know much. And they said, you know, bring a snack. Well, my kids at the time, you know, I just thought I want to give them something that's going to keep them busy so I can talk to these women because right. I'm only going to have X amount to be able to have human conversation. So I brought M&Ms, which I don't usually give to my kids. <laughs> so I bring it and we sit in this circle as a picnic outside and everyone I noticed right away, they're sitting beautifully in a circle and their children are quite well behaved and they've all brought almost organic treats. It's of all course. vegetables and fruits and everything. And then I put this evidence and you would have thought it was cats with nip. I mean, it was just like the kids descended on it and these stares of these women, they were not mean at all. They were just confused. Like they're just kind of looking. And I thought, oh my gosh. Every one of them was so kind and gracious. And in fact, one of them, I'm still such a good friend. She's actually my retreat director right now. She was the kind of woman I looked across and I went, she's sharp. She's genuine. She's awesome. I want to learn from her. Ends up mother of nine. And she was an American mother of the year for reals. Like she was for the actual American mother Amazing. because she's real and genuine and honest. And that's another thing find your mentors that will help you with the comparison because they will tell you, no, no, no. It looks like I do it like this, but this was my learning curve. We all have a motherhood learning curve and embrace it. I embrace my learning curve and I actually wrote books about it and now have a career as an author because I shared all of those stories and women could relate on some level. I once heard a woman describe finding that fellow mom mentor as finding the North star in your own sky. Like, one woman's North Star is not going to be another person's North Star, but you want to identify the characteristics like you pointed out, the realness, the authenticity, the down to earth, I can do it and not make it look like I'm trying too hard, sort of a mom. That was your person. That was your North Star for your sky. Oh, I love that phrase. I'm going to keep that now. That is so true. And it's those women that I remember another woman saying to me, she was standing in a line at a church function and everybody seemed like they had it all together and she had a horrible day and the kids were running around and she's like, when is this over? And this one lady said to her behind her and said, you know, cherish these years. These are the best years of your life. And inside she's like, I want to curl up and die because if this is the best, I'm not going to make it. And then this lady standing in front of her turned around and said, don't you believe it, honey? She said, it gets so much better. And I am here to say that anyone listening, mm. I'm here to say that it's every stage has its thing. And it has that I want to run away and it has it. Oh, I wish this would stay forever. It, each stage has that. I appreciate that so much because I hear that all the time and I feel that there's almost an urgency or a franticness like bottle up yes. all the baby juice because it once it goes away, it's gone. So I appreciate that reminder that it gets better. Use grace as your guide and find that motherhood mentor who's going to help you keep the real life lens on straight. Talk to me about this idea of, of self, sense of self. This is a thing right now, Connie. A lot of women are saying... I, lose, I lost myself when I became a mom, and I haven't quite been able to crack this egg, so to speak. I, I've been open-eared listening. It's not necessarily a sentiment I, I connect to personally, but I respect that it's a big deal for a lot of women out there. What are your thoughts on identity, personal identity and motherhood? Oh my gosh. And it's so different for everyone going into this, how much identity they have before going in, how much they attach to being a mom, what their mental um, view or, or background is on everything is now as a mom and you shouldn't have anything. I remember when I was talking to one woman, I had had four kids and I was doing speaking and I was writing for, I think it was Desert News Time. I can't remember. But anyway, I was doing some things and I remember her coming up to me and she said, oh, 
I don't know how you do that because as soon as I became a mom, I put that all away. I put that all in the closet. I used to paint and I put it all in the closet because I'm a mom now. And she was a little bit, you know, degrading about what I was doing. And I said, wow, I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Cause you know, I know it's different for everyone. And inside I was like, I'm going to see you in two years. You're going to be sucking your thumb (laughs) under a table. And I don't mean it in a mean way at all. And I mean, almost two years to the day, this woman comes to me sobbing. Mm. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't, and I'm like, come on in. I've got a DVD. I got a CD for you. And I just want, you know, I've got a snack. Come on in and let's talk. And she started painting. And then I noticed that she had this wonderful ability to be with children. Well, her husband lost his job. Couldn't find one for, I think it was 21 months. So she, she was like, I don't know what to do. Well, I knew a gal who did tutoring for children. I'm like, she's great with kids. I said, I don't know. Maybe you guys talk, see if there's something there. She started a tutoring business at her house, involved her older children, and they all learned some skills with that, also got her kids helped. It was amazing. And even when her husband got a job, she was able to still do it at her pace in her way. So I would say, lose yourself to find yourself. So don't skip the second piece. This is so important. And then I would add a third piece, share yourself. Because as I've gone through the years, I'm very clear about being a mom and mom comes first. I'm a woman, wife, mother, blah, 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 blah. I had that whole mantra for years and I stuck to it because it won't do us any good if we're going off on strange roads and we're losing the very thing that's the most important to us. So priorities matter. They have to lead that pursuit. Totally matter. And I'm here to tell you over 20 years experience, if you do this in an intentional right way, not like there's one right way. I mean, like intentionally keeping this mom thing first you will be led as to how to make that happen. And it's not a straight jacket. It's not like you're duct taped to the wall. And I have to tell you this, my kids have expressed to me as I involved them, I brought them to my book signings and they learned how to talk to people and take cash. I had a daughter with great anxiety. She didn't want to speak anywhere. Didn't want to speak in church or anything because of these experiences and sharing this all together, went on a mission. She's been speaking at stuff at school, at college. It has blessed their lives because we've made it a family thing. And I have watched them get the very life skills that I've wanted to teach them by them watching me Mm -hmm. fail, succeed, stress, be happy, trust, faith, learn life skills, all of those things. It's been a family deal. I love that. Lose yourself to find yourself and then share yourself. And I think even more so, I love the emphasis on priorities. This is a little bit of a tangent, so indulge me. But I'm sure you often hear the question, as I do, the mom guilt question. Like, how do you avoid mom guilt when you're out writing books and speaking? And in my case, hosting a TV show or hosting a podcast. And I've wrestled with that question over the years because I know it's a thoughtful question and I know it's a topic that affects so many women. But truth to be told, Connie, I don't feel mom guilt. And I've been able to trace it back to priority. My family comes first. My kids come first. My role as motherhood comes first. Always, always, always. And everything else, you know, falls into place from there. And because of that, I really haven't wrestled with this idea of mom guilt. So I so value the idea of priorities and recognizing not every schedule is going to provide the flexibility or the luxury to make it number one all the time. But priorities really make a difference, I think, in our mental health and in our mothering well-being. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I think that is so key along with your faith base, whatever that might be, whatever that might look like for someone listening. Because once you know that you're doing what uh, maybe a divine source is giving that guidance to do, then you know that 
there's always going to be gaps, whether you're at home fully or sure. you're doing pieces, you're going to have gaps and kids are going to get, and I say, you know what, going to pay 3000 for therapy and we're going to call it good. Okay. <laughs> so it's good. But what I'm saying is I remember being invited to do a PR trip in New York and that sounded so amazing. And I remember getting this feeling of this is not the right time. And so with great sadness, I said, no, I can't do this now. And I remember one night I was reading right when I knew they were leaving. I was reading to my child. I think it was my daughter. I was reading to her a book and it just this feeling thought came, they're leaving for the trip right now on the plane. And I had this peace that settled over me. Yes. I'm exactly where I need to be. Yes. So I want that to be clear that as we follow that, ignore anything else. Some people will be well-intentioned and some people will be intending to be really hurtful. And you don't have to worry about that. You just go, thank you so much and yeah. move on. Yeah. Priorities don't make you a perfect mother. They make you a peaceful mother, right? Oh, I love that yeah. because that's exactly it. And if I can, I want to add on one more thing. Please. As you... Sometimes I noticed that women would, and I had this at sometimes too, where because I was mostly a mom, when I go into the business world, I would feel less than. So mm -hmm. I feel like I really needed to make it work for them. Right. But then I came to this place of, no, I'm a mom first. That's teaching. So I'm going to ask for what I want first to make this work. And if it doesn't work and there's no other wiggle room, that's okay. Another opportunity will come back around. First, I want to say that's exactly what happened. But second of all, I want to say when you ask for the ideal, how many times you get it. I remember Bonneville Communications calling me in to do AM820, this new women's radio show. And they they were saying, hey, we want you to do you know five days a week. We want to do it at three o'clock. And I was like, hello. I'm a mom. That's when kids come home and I can't do five days. So I came into the meeting. Here's the VIP and Amanda Dixon, who was awesome. I loved her. Legendary radio sitting, host. Yes. And yes. we're sitting in this restaurant and I'm like checking for Cheerios stuck to me, you know, like that's where I was coming from. And we sat down and I remember saying to them, I cannot do what you're asking, but I can do two days a week and I can do 12 to three because that's when my baby will nap. And I remember Amanda looking at the VIP and said, uh, the VP, excuse me, and said, job share and nodding her head job share. And that's what it became. The template beautifully became that three hosts instead of one did it. And each one of us made this whole, it became a marketing campaign of, we know you and we work with your schedule. So we have three women doing this so that you, they can focus on family and still do this. It was beautiful. So I got the thing that I needed in order to sustain it and be able to make it a family friendly thing. But it took the courage of asking and believing that you were right in making the ask, right? You yeah. You talk about your own, you know, keeping that lens on. This is my journey. This is what works for me. Even politely having to, you know, quiet a well-meaning commenter now and then in saying, no, 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 that works for you. This works for me. How do you block out all of that noise, Connie? Even when parenting quote unquote experts are telling you to do it one way or you're reading the parenting Bible, the book, and it tells you to do it another way. How do you know and own and, and move forward with confidence in what is right for you? I think it goes back to that whole divine center. And what, again, whatever that looks like for people, some people are like, oh, I feel that in nature or whatever. For me, it is really going with that soul assurance that I'm on the right track. That doesn't mean I'm going to do everything right, but I know I'm on the right track and that it's going to be a learning experience or whatever. And that helps me block out a lot of noise. I mean, we always have the Bibles, what to expect when you're having, you know, baby and children, Dr. Spock was years ago, right? And you can start seeing the things that didn't work. And I, I just had to keep reminding myself that God's with me and he's got this and he knows me and he keeps sending more kids. So that must mean that I'm not totally traumatizing them. Okay. So I, there's that. And then there's also 
finding joy in that experience because the more joy that I would find and the more that I could do, here's my little tip that gave me joy. Be a B pluser. I know you know this about me, but when I made I the love decision this to, about be, you. to be a B pluser, I cannot tell you how everything shifted for me as a mother that I stopped the comparison. I stopped I'd listen to things and I'd ask experts and I talk to moms all the time, but then I would do what I felt like I needed to do. I just had a conversation with my teenager today and I had to say the same thing. I know other moms are doing X, Y, and Z, but this is the thing back to your peaceful thing that gives me peace. Yes. And as your mom in 20 years, you can say, mom, why did you do this? And I can stand behind it. Good, bad, or ugly. I can stand behind it. I love that. I love that so much. Be a B pluser. Own it with pride, gold star, right on your forehead. You believe, Connie, that growth in motherhood depends on a healthy motherhood, as in a healthy mom. How can we maintain and preserve our health so that we can be that, that mom who's pursuing personal progress and growth along the way? Oh, and this is so key. For years, I did not. I was thinking I need every spare minute to be focused on my children, right? Yeah. And not knowing that that's not as healthy either. I remember getting the download of working out was okay for me to do while my kids were in the house. And I had a treadmill and I took off the laundry hanging from it. And I remember starting to go on the treadmill and I sat my, I think she was three at the time. And I sat her down and I said, mommy's going to work out. I love you. I'm going on this thing and I'm going to, and you can read your book right next to me if you want, or I can put on blues clues or whatever it was at the time. And I start going on and she screamed. She was really one of those. I need your attention every second. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry that you're sad. You can grab something else. Tread, tread, tread. And then start banging her head on the end of this huge, big sleigh bed that we had <laughs> no. banging her head. And I said, I bet that hurts, sweet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's how you're feeling, but I'll be done in 15 minutes and I'll be right with you to play a game done. Like they, they had to understand this. Now, this is not to say I have not choreographed because I have, I have done my stuff at five in the morning and all of that, but I also have involved my kids. I've took my little guy when I had him at 45, I took him to Zumba with me. He went to Zumba for like five years, I think, and gave him toys and things to play with. And you know what? He's a great dancer. I think he's watched for years, but I just have to say, well, it's not a compartmentalized thing. Yeah. And now we want to do what's going to be in the best. There's times where I've just had to do it on my own and that's fine. And there's times I wanted to do it outside of the home and I couldn't, it was better at home, but I, I want to make the point. A healthy mom is a happy mom. You have less depression. You have less sickness. You have more energy. You have more vitality. You want to sit and play Legos with them. So this is a big piece. We need to work on this in my house. So over the weekend, we're just coming off of a recent Christmas holiday at the time of, at the time of this conversation. But I always stack up my books all year for Christmas break, right? They, they pile on my nightstand, the ones I'm going to read come, come December 20th when I pause for two weeks and dive into that holiday family time. But I picked up the first book that had compiled on my stack of night nighttime reads. And I started to turn through the pages. And my five-year-old, now old enough to observe what I'm doing with this Christmas break downtime, was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? This book has no pictures. And she's crawling all over me. And I'm like, newsflash, I'm reading. Mommy is reading a book. Anyway, it didn't go over so well, much like your daughter who was, you know, making her own drum as you were on the treadmill. And I realized there is something to be said about her watching me further my education, clear my mind, however you want to label it. And I have to be okay with that as a mom. Absolutely. And the more they get used to that, the thing I learned way too late is they get used to the new norm. Mm -hmm. You create that new norm and it becomes the thing. I said, okay, nine o'clock. 
it's quiet time. Mom needs half hour to write in her journal and do whatever. Yeah. And the other thing, and there's always, I don't have poster paper. I'm like, get right to that at seven in the morning. It's now nine <laughs> o'clock, but they will adjust. And especially if it's a good and healthy thing. Sure. I think this is so important that we realize the more they see that we're a person, they'll treat us like a person, mm. not a need filler, not mm. a chauffeur. They'll see us like a person. And I do want to add one more quick thing yes. on the health thing. We can also take it to another extreme where we're, I mean, we'd be on the beach and I'm doing squats while I'm watching the kids, you know, and it's the biggest joke in our family because I'd be doing my little, okay, sweeties, because I'm not going in the 60 degree water. Yeah. But anyway, so it's beautiful. They, they're really supportive. But I remember one regret I have is that my daughter loved to bake and, and do stuff when she was like nine and 10. And she would keep bringing me treats like at 930 at night and she'd make these parfaits and stuff. And so I did it for a while. And then after a while, I was like, sweetie, I love you. I'm trying to be, you know, really healthy right now. So can we do this another time? And guess what happened? She stopped making them. Aww. Now I don't feel super guilt about it because she's done a lot of other things. And I'm sure. like, I already catered to you in that. So we're good. Sure. We're even, right? we're, called, we're solid. I saw a quote recently that was so beautiful. And it said, your last 10 pounds are your late night snacks with your teenager, your kids. It's your bowl of ice cream with your husband. It's your, that's your relationships. That's your living. Yes. So I would invite women to definitely, I'm always wanting to be healthy and strong and have energy and vibrancy, but that's what I tell my kids. It's not about a size. It's not about being skinny. It's about, I want energy and, and vitality so I can do fun things with you. So I think that's a big, important piece. I love that. Those 10 pounds are your life. So live it, enjoy it. Don't feel guilt about it. How do we know, Connie, if we are progressing in motherhood? You know, it, motherhood is an interesting journey in that it happens so slowly, you know, and there's so many poems and memes out there about one day they're holding your hand and the next day you won't even realize it. And they're not. It's so gradual in so many ways that I almost feel like the progress, the personal progress is hard to track or hard to see. Help us recognize that. How do we know if we are growing and evolving in this awesome calling of motherhood? Oh, I love that. In fact, that one poem with the cobwebs, you know, go to sleep. I'm yes. like, put a sock in it. Okay. Because seriously, <laughs> your kids need you when they need you. And that's the reality. Yeah. But I really do love this idea of create your own markers. It took me a while to realize no one's going to pat me on the back, even though I was slaving and exhausted and I'm going 23 hours a day. And I, I just thought, you know what? I need to create those markers for myself. So I would do those things. I would do it about my kids. I kept a little track of things that they're doing, what I'm having them work on. I would put it on my life board and I had my things I would put up on my life board that these are the things that self relationships, life skills. And then I had the, a whole section for my kids. What are we working on this year? Where's your goals? Where do you want to be? And then I had like fun things to do in my dreams and then my rewards. And I had this up in my room, my bedroom. So kids saw this all the time. And then I would check things off and I would put gold stickers. I literally would put stickers on I this love stuff, it. but I would see the growth. And every year I do another life board and I would see the growth and feel the growth. And then I always put a little section for unexpected and we would celebrate that. So I, I really feel it's important that you set up those personal markers that you can see the growth. And then I also started doing this thing years ago of what I'm doing well as a mother. Because on Mother's Day, sometimes we can feel a little less than. I don't know why, but ladies, stop it because I'm not getting chocolate bars anymore because then they're worried that the women feel too, too like looked on. So all I'm saying is write down 
What are 10 things you're doing well as a mother? And whether it's on your birthday or Mother's Day or Christmas, totally do that and keep them in a binder. And you will laugh yourself sick at the things that you've been able to learn and do and become and make your own markers. And before you know it, your kids will actually be saying things to you like, wow, mom, you're being so much more patient. Remember you used to be all like cranky when you would, I'd ask you for rides. And now, you know what? I kid you not. So it's a beautiful thing to create your own and then they'll see that and kind of join in. In conclusion, I think I'd love to circle back and end on this point of grace. I think you make a great point in saying that grace has to be part of the journey, right? Grace for ourselves, grace for the process, grace for the progression or not, whatever it looks like on a Monday through Friday. But grace ultimately needs to be a driving factor in motherhood, doesn't it? So, so true. And I, you know, when I'm speaking to women and even when I'm coaching them, I'm like, okay, let's, you know, give yourself grace. And they're like, what? How do I access that? Okay, you can tell me that all day long, but how do I feel that, right? Mm. And I encourage and invite women to first get still, get off the treadmill. I think that's been the biggest blessing of recent world events that we've had to slow down. Yes. So there were days I just didn't even sit down. It was phase one to phase two to phase three. And I encourage you to just carve that out. 10 minutes, lay on the bed, just that angel thing where you just put your arms out on the bed and you just get still and start trying to feel that feeling of peace and love and goodness. And then I would invite you, I know it's so kicked to the curb, but at least three things that you are grateful for. And before you know it, I promise you, if you come from a, a place of gratitude, that grace will wash over you. Things you're grateful for. I didn't beat the dog today. From that realm all the way to, I am so grateful for a full fridge of food, whatever it might be. And if you can do a journal at night, that has been one of the biggest game changers for me, raising seven children over 25, seven plus years. That, that gratitude journal at night, I close that at night and then I pray and I'm like, you know what? I feel what I gave today. I did my very best. Good, bad, ugly. I did what I could I, and I feel good. I think it's amazing. We're still talking and testifying of the gratitude journal after all oh. these years and decades. Like you, you know, it works because women keep coming back to that basic principle. Absolutely. And when you get still, you will feel the gratitude. It won't just be something you write on a page. When you get still, you will feel it. And I think that's the most important thing is when women start connecting to their feelings. I think women oftentimes in motherhood get really disconnected from their feelings. They're exhausted. They're sleep deprived. They're, they can't even eat when they want to eat. They can't eat what they want to eat. They, there's so much that's out of their control and they still have to jump to the, you know, march to the tune. And I remember going one night, I said, I'm taking a weekend off to myself. And I went and the first thing I went to go get something to eat and I looked at the menu and I looked and I thought, well, I know they would like this and this person would like this and this mm. one. I had no idea what I even wanted to eat. And that's giving yourself grace is saying, I need time out. I need to go and talk with a friend. I need to go to lunch with someone once a week. I don't care what it takes. That's what I'm doing. That's giving yourself grace. When you say, you know what? You didn't get that prepared, that science poster. I'm happy to give you 10 minutes, but after that, I've got a raging migraine. I have to go lay down. And that's how it is. That's giving yourself grace. They will survive. So it's, it's making that point that you are a person and that you get, I call about the motherhood pie. Everybody gets a slice and you get a slice too. Mm -hmm. So what does that slice look like? That's giving yourself grace. Connie, I love this. I love you. Where can we get more words of wisdom and inspiration from Connie Sokol? You're 
so cute. You can go to ConnieSogel.com. I have a podcast, also Purpose-Filled Life, and I also have TV segments. I have freebies, opt-ins, downloads that you can learn how to create your purpose, find your purpose, fulfill your purpose. That's what I'm all about, helping you do that, be a mom and maybe as a speaker, writer, media personality, or just in your sphere, being able to do it in a way that brings you purpose, organization, and joy. You come from such a sincere place of service, and I can feel that from you. And I and I do feel that every time we talk, you have this, this keen, sincere desire to help women, and that just lights the way. So thank you for sharing that gift with us today, friend. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is a joy. You've been listening to Family Rules, the podcast on BYU Radio. Today's special guest is Connie Sokol. Our topic, growing in motherhood. If you found this conversation helpful, we'd invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a note of feedback as well. We take that feedback to heart, rate or review this podcast on any platform that you subscribe to. Thanks for listening. We hope you can join us next time. Family Rules, the podcast, is a production of BYU Broadcasting.